Hi there, my name is Erica Browning and I am blown away by all the places your nursing degree can take you. Here we showcase basic nurses doing some really cool things. My goal is to bring to you ideas, options, and inspiration. Think of this as a fun conversation with a friend where you laugh a ton and leave feeling encouraged and empowered. That nursing degree you worked so hard for is just the beginning. I'm here to show you what is possible. This is the Black Sheep Nurse Podcast. Hi, Jordan. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm great. I uh, This is always the part of the podcast where we pretend like we didn't just really connect yeah. off the recording, but you're fucking awesome. And I hope every single one of your listeners knows how awesome you are and how Aww. lucky they are to have found you. And I appreciate uh, you bringing me on. Well, thank you. I It is that weird initial part, and you're like, actually, we're besties now, but we have to pretend <laughs> like we're not. But <laughs> <laughs> So just for everyone listening, Jordan and I talked a little bit about this before the podcast, but this is typically a podcast where I interview nurses. And as you all have been listening for a while, you know, every week I have a new nurse, a new job and a new idea for you because underlying all of this, I believe options lead to freedom and you don't have to leave the nursing professions. You can just pivot and here are some ideas. However, I wanted to start probably once a quarter, have a spotlight have a spotlight interview where I interview someone who has amazing information for the benefit of nurses. Mm. So no, everyone, Jordan is not a nurse. He is a, um, I looked up your bio, Jordan. Tell everyone who you are. What do you do? I am a short, bald, nerdy Jewish guy who likes <laughs> to lift weights and help people help people incorporate fitness into their life rather than trying to make uh, fitness their entire life. So I was telling you before, I have a lot of experience working with nurses. Yeah. Nurses are have one of the two most difficult professions in terms of how to actually stay healthy, which is ironic because yeah. nurses' jobs are to you know keep people healthy and save their lives, but right. often they put themselves last. Um, so nurses, and I was telling you, truck drivers also have a, I, those two are the most difficult clients I have ever worked with just because their lives are so insanely stressful and difficult on their health. Yes. I'm so glad that you said that. And I, in my mind, I'm like, he, I can't be the only nurse that follows him. There have to be so many. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was actually, I was, uh, I spoke to, um, <clears throat> it must've been two years ago now. I went, I was, I went to Canada and I spoke to a big conference of just female physicians. So I, I speak to a fair amount of, of those in the medical field and, and uh, which I always feel <clears throat> like a huge imposter because like I'm, I never went to medical school or, and I hated school my whole life, but like, uh, it is, it's very cool to be involved at, at a higher level in the medical field and just at least speak with them and see if I can help in some way. Well, let me tell everyone why I have been drawn to you because there are strength training, fitness coaches, nutrition coaches galore. You can't turn around without bumping into one, especially on IG, Instagram, especially with a butt cheek hanging out. Oh my God. So, <laughs> I mean, I love a good butt cheek and all. <laughs> Sometimes you'll see a labia slip out while they're doing it. So it's <laughs> careful. You know, nurses are like, okay, I've seen enough of that at work. I mean, do I really need to see it here too? But um, why I loved you, Jordan, and why I started following you is because one, you were authentic. I felt like who I saw on Instagram and on the platforms is actually who you were. Thank and you. then two, just so stinking reasonable, reasonable, attainable advice for the everyday person. So I just wanted to tell you that. 
that means a lot to me. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Um, and I, I, to be fair, I don't think I was always fully authentic. I think because I started making content in July of 2011. Uh, mm-hmm. So I've been doing this for a long time. And when I first started, I was very worried about what people thought of me. And, and I was always trying to, it, it came from a place of insecurity. Like I, I didn't want to offend anybody and all of that. And, you know, as society has just grown into everyone who wants to be offended all the time, I just got to a point where I was like, yeah, fuck it. I'm going to be who I am. If you don't like me, great. And if you do like me, fantastic. But it is what it is. I'm just going to show you who I am. And, and that's it. So I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, of course. So why I wanted to have you on, we talked a bit about this before, is serving nurses, giving them information that will be helpful to them. Mm -hmm. And what I have found, and maybe it's just me projecting onto other nurses, but I really don't think so. (laughs) There have to be many nurses that feel this way, is we struggle with maintaining um, just our general health, Mm -hmm. um, a balanced diet, consistent exercise and for good reason you know nurses are either working 12 and a half hour shifts and maybe they have to drive and they're gone for 14 15 hours and then they've got a family at home you know i don't but that happens or you're sitting all day which that leads to its own problems and i think the most important thing that i noticed is the um emotional toll that nurses Mm -hmm. take at their job and then stress and i can tell you what i've learned is that I'm an emotional eater. Hi, my name is Erica. I'm an emotional and stress eater. And I know I am not the only one. And so I wanted to bring you on and, oh, and also night shift, these night shifters. Good luck with that. That's the toughest. Yeah. Oh gosh. And so I wanted to bring you on and maybe have some advice for nurses with emotional and stress eating, working these long shifts, how, what are some tips that they can do or things to think about in order to help them maintain themselves? Yeah. So thank you for, for all of that. There, there's a couple of things I want to say. So one, the most common type of question I get from, from anybody um, is they, they always ask for, for tips or tricks. That's right. it. It's like, do you have any tips? Do you have any tricks? It's always like tips and tricks. Um, and tips and tricks are great. You know, strategies can be very helpful, but the most important thing is the mindset and the understanding. And what I want to start with, I, you know, when someone is struggling with something or someone's struggling with something, I think this is a common thing with, with, you know, husbands and wives, like maybe the, the wife is struggling with something and she's like venting to her husband and her husband is just like trying to give a solution, give a solution. It's like, I don't want the fucking solution. I just sort of want to vent a little bit. Yeah. It's like, what's really important to know is that it is going to be harder for nurses than it is for most, almost any other profession. Hmm. Like you chose one of the most noble professions in the world, and you also chose one of the most difficult professions in the world, not just your actual job, but how that job will impact your entire life. That's what you chose. And it's not good or bad, right or wrong. It's just that's what you chose. Now, with that in mind, it's important to know that for you, it is going to be more difficult than maybe someone else your age who has a different job entirely or a stay-at-home mom who like, you know, she does have more time, right? So with that being said, just because it's more difficult doesn't give you a justification for not taking care of your health. Hmm. This is this is really like cool. We have clearly identified that you have one of the most difficult jobs in the world and it's going to be harder for you. Awesome. What my mom would always say to me is, now what? 
Right. right? And, and that that now what question is what's driven so much of what I've done throughout my life where it's like, here's the problem. Like, for example, I was in special education growing up. I was not a good student. I did very, very poorly. Um, and I would be like, oh, I'm in sped, da, 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 da. Like, I, I, I'm not going to be good. My mom would be like, yeah, you're in sped. Now what? Like, you're going to have to work harder. That was it. Her response was, you're going to have to work harder than the other kids in order to get the same grade that they might get. That's it. So either you do it or you don't. And so you got to fucking do it. Just because it's harder for you and you have a profession that makes it more difficult does not justify you not taking care of yourself. And you know better than anybody, if you don't take care of yourself, then you're not going to be able to do your job to the best of your ability and be a, be a good wife, be a good husband, be a good – you're not going to be the best person you can be. And a lot of people hear the word selfish and think that it's inherently a negative term. You need to be selfish in order to be selfless. You need to like you need to be selfish so that you can be generous. You, right. If you if you are not selfish in some capacity, then you're not going to be able to be generous and be able to help people in the way that you want. So, yep, you're going to be tired when there are going to be times when you're going to be strength training. There are going to be times when you're going to have to make decisions that are really difficult. Where you're going to, you know, what? Like I already ate something. I'm I'm already around my calories for the day. It's like you know what? I'm going to stop here. I'm going to have a glass of tea, whatever it is. I'm going to go to bed, whatever it is. Like. There are going to be difficult decisions that have to be made. You're like, oh, I'd rather just sit down and, and watch TV, but I got to get up and go strength training. Difficult decisions for everybody. Yours, I think, are harder than most, but that's the life you chose. So fucking do it. And if you don't want to do it, that's okay. But don't complain about the results you're not getting from the work you're not putting in. So you got to decide what do you what do you want to do. So I think the first thing that we really have to understand is, yes, it's more difficult for you. No, that is not a justification to not try at all. Right. Well, and I think it's um, it's so weird because I feel like just owning it leads to freedom. You know, yep. saying if someone calls you out or maybe you did just in life in general, maybe you said something you shouldn't have said. Maybe you hurt someone's feelings, maybe. And when someone says, hey, you did X, Y, Z and you say, you know what? You're right. I can see that instead of backpedaling and defensive and then it causes a bunch of drama just own it. Yes, exactly. I can see how you'd say that. Let's move forward. And so calling out, yes, nursing, it's going to be difficult. There's there's no getting around the stress. There's no getting around the emotional toll it's going to take. Call it now instead of trying to sidestep it and be like, mm, well, maybe it'll just all work out. Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> one of the things I see a lot of personal trainers doing and, and Instagram influencers doing is they'll say the stupid shit where they're like, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. Yes. Like, no, no, we don't all have the same 24 hours in a day. And what happens is when they say that, they're essentially trying to guilt people into working out. Shame you. I'm going to shame you into doing exactly. Yes. Which if you look at the research, like a tiny percentage of people respond positively to shame, like 3%. 97% of people do not respond well to shame. So like bad, bad strategy. But what I see is a lot of people with difficult professions, nurses, doctors, truck drivers, whatever, whoever it is, they then see that. And then psychology 101, they get combative. And what do they do? They start giving all of the reasons why they can't work out. Well, I'm working these 12 and a half hour shifts and I'm driving this for work and this is it. And so they're driving this narrative home. Well, they can't do it. They can't do it. They can't do it. So for me, it's like, no, no, let's be very clear. Not everyone has the same 24 hours in a day. Nurses definitely have it harder than the vast majority of other professions. 
cool. We understand that. Now what? Now what are we going to do about it? Are you just going to justify not taking care of your health or are you going to do something about it and, and make the difficult decision that you know is right? So, yep, you're right. It is harder for you. Now what? Right. Right? Yes. Yes. And so... I, I, for me, I told you before, you know, we started the podcast, I started doing this little weekly series of, hey, here's an idea for on the go. <laughs> this is my now what? What are you going to do, Erica? Well, I'll do this. And maybe it will help others too. Yeah, I love that. So <laughs> let me let me ask you, uh, Erica, what are some of the things that I know you said emotional eating, but in general, for you or for nurses that you see on a regular basis, what do you think like the the number one issue is? Like if we had to tackle one issue, because when I'm, for example, when I'm working with a client or whatever, if you're working with a patient, you're not just going to tell you if the patient has is doing 17 things wrong, ideally you're not telling them, hey, this, 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 that you'd give the most important thing, right? The, the, the most imminent threat, right? So like, for example, blood pressure. We know that's like, there's a reason why you take the blood pressure first thing. It's super, super important. It's critical. If it's too high, cardiac arrest, all this stuff. So if someone's blood pressure is super high, you are number one thing. How do we reduce their blood pressure? We're not going to also talk about blood sugar. We're just blood pressure first, the most important thing. So among nurses, what do you think by and large is like one of the biggest, if not the biggest thing they're struggling with? Is it nutrition? Is it, is it fit? Is it working out strength training? Is it like, what do you think is the number one thing? The number one thing hands down, in my opinion, is nutrition. Because if you are a nurse working a 12 hour shift, busy 12, you're going to get your steps in. Yes. Steps in. So if you count that as a workout, if you don't, it is being active. It is a positive, but the, um, the potluck in the break room, the candy drawer on the unit and you're stressed and you just want to munch and there you go. Nutrition hands down is the number one thing. Okay. All right. So this is super helpful. I agree with you completely. And actually I'll start by saying if someone doesn't think walking is exercise, they're a fucking idiot. (laughs) It's just straight, like, if you don't think walking is exercise, you have no clue what the fuck you're talking about. Um, I think that's helpful to nurses because a lot of people say, I didn't get my workout in. Wait a second. You were active all day long. That counts. Yeah. You got 16,000 steps in today. Like, that's amazing. And the reality is what we're looking for is we're not looking to, if you're working as a nurse, you're probably not trying to be a figure competitor and step on stage as like a bodybuilder fit. Like you just want to be healthy and you, maybe you want to get stronger and more tone, but you want to live longer, have a higher quality of life. Mm -hmm. That's it. If we look at the research, it is very clear. The people who live the longest and healthiest lives are not the people who are doing bodybuilding workouts. They're not the power lifters. They're not the CrossFitters. It's the people who walk the most wow that without question it, and it's really interesting because if you you can quickly google this right now look at the the top 100 countries with the longest living populations you're going to find uh areas from japan you're going to find areas from italy you're going to find areas from from sweden and switzerland you're going to find areas from all over the world the diets from these places are drastically different the nutrition is radically different between Japan and Italy. But why are they among the top 10 healthiest populations in the world that live the longest? Well, they walk 
the most is one of the most one of the easiest uh, reasons. There's also other reasons as well, and I think stress management is one of them. Wow. I think one, one of the biggest issues we see here in the West is people work way too fucking much, like way too much. And when you work too much and you're focused on grinding, 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 you're not getting enough sleep, your stress is too high, which unfortunately is, is part of the nurse's job, that's going to negatively impact your health. But walking is without question the best thing that if, if someone said, hey, Jordan, I can only do one exercise, I can only do one thing, what would it be? Walking every single time. Um, so if you're getting your steps and you're already taking a huge, huge, huge load off your shoulders and you have to consider that, hey, this is part of my fitness. It's not strength training, but it's part of your fitness and health routine. So you've already got that covered. Now, in terms of nutrition, here, here's there's a lot we can discuss. I think that, do you? Th I'm trying to think about where to begin and I don't want to say like everyone needs to lose weight, but do you think there are a lot of overweight nurses? Like, do you think they're trying to lose weight? Where do you think they're, do you think they're struggling with quality of food or what do you think they're struggling with their weight in general? Like, what do you think they're struggling with on that, from that end? I would say nurses on the whole, and I, you know, I, we always talk about losing weight, losing weight. And it's like, we're obsessed with it. But the truth is we have an obesity problem. <laughs> so I mean, are nurses obese? I don't know, but I would say the overwhelming majority of nurses are trying to watch what they eat and decrease mm -hmm. their calories. That's the truth. Okay, cool. Yeah, awesome. That's super helpful. It's no bullshit. Let's just look at the facts. Um, so if someone is, is if a nurse is trying to lose weight, let's start with that. We'll start with that. Just as, let's say you're trying to lose weight. What we, number one, have to, I, here's actually something that's really important. If you're a nurse or a doctor, you know that you did not study nutrition in school. Right. And I know a lot of nurses and doctors love to say, I'm a nurse and I'm a doctor. And that's great. You went to medical school. Like, that's amazing. But you don't, please don't think that you know more about nutrition than, than you might do. Like, I, I know a lot of people just assume like, well, I'm, I know all this stuff. Like, I studied biology. It's like, no, 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 no. It's different. You right. probably didn't have that many nutrition courses and study it that intensely. Right. With that in mind, if you want to lose weight, calories are most important. Period. End of story. You need to make sure your calories are in check. Um, I don't want you to worry about calories burned. I don't want you to try and factor that into the equation. Just how many calories are you eating? Now, I understand that it can be very difficult when you're going, 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 going all day to track your calories. It makes it even more difficult if you're snacking all day. Right. This is one of the worst things that you can do. Not, It's not bad for your metabolism. It's not bad from a physiological perspective. It's bad from a how good are you at accurately tracking how much you're eating if you're just bite here, bite there, bite here, bite there. Not to mention it's never going to fill you up. You're constantly going to be hungry. Is there any time throughout the day to have a big meal? Like, Do you have any lunch break? Is there any point in time that you can sit down and, and eat? Yes. So nurses typically get a 30 minute lunch break and in theory, they get two 15 minute breaks that a lot of times don't happen, but yes, okay. they do get a lunch. Okay. So you need to prior you, your lunch break is not a time to exercise. Your lunch break is not a time to be like trying to like get a sweat in or anything like that. I need you to make sure that you have a big meal at your lunch break. This is super, super important. Um, ideally, if you can pack it, that's fantastic. But if not, like I know some hospital, I know some, it depends on the hospital. Some hospitals have great cafeterias and some hospitals have shit cafeterias. Right. If you have a shit cafeteria, try and bring your, bring your lunch. But either way, whether you bring it or buy it, sit down, 
and focus on your food and eat eat to the point of which you are very full. A lot of people get really worried about that. They get worried about feeling full. They often associate the feeling of fullness and, and getting bloated with like their stomach is protruding and they get self-conscious. I want it just because you're full doesn't mean you got fat all of a sudden. You know that. You know, fat doesn't synthesize like that quickly, right? If you're taking small itty bitty nibbles all throughout the day, you are never gonna get full and you're constantly gonna be ravenous. If you have I prefer people to have several large meals throughout the day because it actually fills you up so that you're not constantly snacking. Let's actually talk about the science around this for a second, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, so a lot of people have heard, I know many nurses and doctors still think that fewer, more frequent meals will stoke your metabolic fire. That is factually incorrect. And if someone wants, I'm happy to forward the research to you. Uh, it's all on PubMed. It's freely available. But let's talk about this in, in case someone doesn't know. People, the reason people thought that your metabolism would increase from smaller, more frequent meals is because of something called the thermic effect of food, right? So that every time when you eat, your metabolism will increase in order to digest uh, the foods that you're eating, right? Your, your body will use energy in order to digest those foods. Um, so what a lot of researchers saw, they're like, oh, cool. So we see an increase in metabolism when they're eating. So they thought, oh, well, so if we eat more frequently, then we'll increase metabolism more frequently throughout the day, which will lead to a higher metabolic burn. And, and that will be better for fat loss. What they didn't take into account was the net metabolic effect of the meal that you are consuming. And so what later researchers found is that it doesn't matter if you have six small meals or three moderate sized meals or one massive meal, if your total calorie intake is the same, then the net increase in metabolism due to that food is going to be the same. So what that means is um, if you have, if you have 2000 calories in one meal or 2000 calories spread out through six small meals, the net total increase in metabolic rate is the same at the end of the day. So if you have one huge meal, 2000 calories, which I'm not recommending, you will have a huge spike in your metabolism. If you have a bunch of smaller meals that add up to 2000 calories and you have a bunch of small spikes in your metabolism. So if you think that you, you need to eat these tiny small meals to stoke your metabolism, that's wrong, factually incorrect, it's old, it's outdated. I prefer, and I've found for most people, especially for nurses and truck drivers who have the two, I think most difficult jobs, is two to three big meals throughout the day is so helpful because when you have a huge meal that's properly created, you're going to be full for like three, four, five, six hours. Easy, easy if you're doing it properly. Whereas if you're only, oh, I'm going to have like four almonds and then I'm going to have like a couple cranberries, like, yeah, good fucking luck. stick. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. What the hell? And then they're like trying to make it last longer. So like they're like peeling strings. tiny strings, like for fuck's sake. It's no, what are you doing? Like sit down, you have 30 minutes, have a big meal, uh, a lot of protein, a lot of fiber. Uh, I would love to see, um, I would love to see some high quality fats, avocado, nuts, some olive oil. That would be great. Um, and then uh, uh, I don't want people removing, I don't want you to not have carbs, but the, the most important is protein, fiber, and high quality fat for sure. Definitely, definitely carbs as well. But I'm thinking in terms of how full you're going to stay for the rest of the day, there's zero question that protein, fiber, and high quality fat 
keep you full for the longest period of time because it slows digestion when it, it as that's slowly going through your digestive system it will it will lead to much more fullness over time um obviously like whole grains will will help as well and and high quality carb sources too but my goal here is how do we keep you full for as long as possible definitely a lot of protein a lot of fiber and high quality fats um i know a lot of a lot of most nurses are women, that is for sure. And a lot of them think that they're eating a lot of protein and you're just not. Like mm -hmm. I see, like, oh yeah, I eat a ton of protein. And I look, it's like, that's that's literally like an eighth of an ounce of chicken. What the? What are you doing? That's not a lot of protein. Well, they think like, peanut butter is a source of protein. Oh, dear Lord. Don't <laughs> even get started. That is not a source of protein at all. Right. And if you've never measured out, if you've never measured how much peanut butter you're using, you're about to shit like in a really bad way. You're about to cry when you realize how much calories you're taking in from peanut butter. It's like, so sad. <laughs> if you want to run a little science experiment, get a food scale, weigh out how much how much peanut butter you're having. You you think you're having 200 calories, you're probably having closer to 800 to 1,000 calories on your on your peanut butter serving. It's pretty insane. Yeah. Well, that's so interesting because of all of the advice that I've heard, I don't think I've ever heard anyone recommend to a nurse, "Hey, during that lunch, make sure it's a big meal." Mm. never. And I think that I can tell just for me personally, when I used to subscribe to the, you know, breakfast, snack in the morning, lunch, snack in the afternoon, and then dinner. And now I might have a snack in the afternoon, but if I, for me personally, I have found if I will just eat bigger meals. Yes. And then you get that full feeling. Yes. And if you're in a calorie deficit, I may later in the evening feel a little bit hungry, but it's not the same feeling as eating little snacks all day. And then I'm just hungry all day. And then by the end of the night, I'm stressed. I'm starving. Where's the bag of chips? Yes. That's how that cascades. Death. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. You said that perfectly. And one of the issues with you're trying to eat all these small little snacks throughout the day, you're constantly thinking about food. And this is one of the biggest issues is the mentality of if you're always thinking about it, it's taking over your entire life. It's taking, it's every waking moment, food, 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 food. It's all you're thinking about. Then you're thinking about how hungry you are and how much you're restricting. I want you to have a big, high quality meal that fills you up. So when you're done, like food is the last thing on your mind. Because the more you think about food, the hungrier you're going to get and the more restricted you're going to feel. And the more restricted you feel, the more you're going to overeat later on in the day when you get home. If you feel satisfied and full, you actually end up eating way less throughout the day than if you're consistently snacking. Mm. Now, would this be a good time for this big ass salad that you- Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, so I'll- that's a good time to bring up. So I have something I call the one, two, three method, super okay. simple. Um, and I've used this with people who've lost 50, 75, hundred plus pounds. Um, it's super simple and it, it's, it works incredibly well. I'll start by saying this, this is not all you should eat during the day. This is just the bare minimum of what you need to include every day. And you should use this with your patients as well. It's, it's amazing. The first thing, so one, two, three method. Number one is one big ass salad every day. Um, so when I say big ass salad, I mean like, I don't mean like a little saucer with a couple leaves of spinach. I mean, get a big fucking bowl and I use Tupperware. I'll take a big, big fucking thing of Tupperware and fill it with vegetables. Um, and people are like, well, well, what type of vegetables? I don't know. Just whatever fucking vegetables you want. If you're Whatever you like. Yeah. If you put cheesecake in, you want, you've gone too far. You don't put cheesecake in there. 
<laughs> like I don't know, spinach, arugula, lettuce, carrots, tomatoes, peppers, mushrooms, whatever the fuck you want. Don't put cheesecake or pizza in there and you're good. Right? It's uh it's super simple. So put a bunch of stuff on there. Like, well, what dressing should it's so funny. My wife is making uh is making a big ass salad recipe guide. And uh and I asked people, I was like, what do you want? to see in there the most common thing was dressings people like well what dressings like what dressings it's it's so funny people are are really majoring in the minors and focusing on the minutiae it's like for me i just use olive oil and some lemon and like i'm good like i don't i don't i put a little bit of olive oil on some lemon i'm fine like i don't need a lot she has a bunch of dressings that we use but a lot of times we'll just get ones at a grocery store and just make sure it's a reasonable amount like see how many calories there are and measure it out and put it on and that's it you're fine like no one got fat from salad dressing like that's not like that's not how people fucking ruin their diet right people get worried like i i put a little bit of milk in my coffee i'm like yeah because so many people gain 50 pounds from the milk in their fucking coffee like that's not what's happening um so one big ass salad every day i think during the lunch time would be an amazing time to have it because especially if it's during the middle of the day, it's going to fill you up a lot of fiber, put a lot of protein in there. Uh, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll take, um, we either have cooked salmon or I'll take like um, uh, smoked salmon, like lox. I don't know, like Jewish people, I'm Jewish. We love this shit. We put it on top of bagels all the time. I'll put that in a salad. Uh, I'll put like regular salmon. I'll put like chicken or turkey, whatever. Uh, put that in there. Um, and then, and so I have that, have one huge of those a day. So the two in this equation is two pieces of fruit. I don't care if it's an apple. I don't care if it's a banana. I don't care if it's a mango. I don't care if it's kiwi. I don't give a shit. Have two pieces of fruit every single day. And then the three is three bottles of water. I think uh, I've seen a lot of nurses carry around like large bottles of water, which I love. I think you should all be having a bunch of water for whatever it's worth. Uh, sparkling water tends to fill people up more than still water. And oftentimes for the people who like really love flavoring, they're often flavored. Um, they're not bad for you. They're, they're not like all like it's, I've heard all sorts of shit. Like does sparkling water count as water? Yes. So it's fucking water. Of course it's it's fine. Um, I prefer sparkling water just cause like I like the bubbles and it'll fill me up more, but whatever my wife likes regular water. So she has still water, whatever you want. One big ass salad, two pieces of fruit, three bottles of water every day. That's the minimum of what you must include in your day. And if you have a huge salad for your lunch with a lot of protein, a lot of fiber, and then, I mean, if you think about it, you got vegetables, you've got, uh, you could put avocado, put olive oil on there, and then, and then chicken, turkey, fish, uh, Greek yogurt, cottage cheese, whatever. You've got your protein as well. That's what I said, right? You want fiber, protein, and high quality fats. You could get all of that in a huge salad that actually tastes delicious. Right. That's such a good, and I feel like people can, cafeterias oof yeah it's an opportunity to make poor choices but if from the beginning if like you said you change your mindset and you go in there because most cafeterias will have a salad bar or a salad option or something or bring it from home yep and um you don't have to make the chicken you can go to trader joe's costco it's already made for you and sliced and just toss that stuff in there yep and um but if you just have that mindset, okay, I'm going to have a big salad, a big ass yeah. salad. And then I guess I, th- I think people freak out about the dressings because that is where people can lose their minds. I'm from Texas. I, actually, I'm from a small town outside of Paris, Texas. No way. Are you are you still in Texas? No, I'm in San Diego. Ugh. But I go and back to Texas all the time and we have to fly into Dallas and dad comes to get us from the airport. 
All right. Well, next time you're in Dallas, let me know. Come over for dinner. Okay. That would be awesome. Seriously. Absolutely. Come over for dinner. We'd love to have you. Oh, thank you. But um, I they're afraid. Well, then, you know, Texas, we're going to drown ranch and everything. <laughs> the, the key word there is drown, right? It's like, it's, it's different. Like a little bit of ranch or they have... They have light ranch now. They've got everything. Like there's no reason not to use the one you like. Just use it in appropriate portions. Yeah. I like that. And see, this is why I'm like, this is reasonable. Reasonable. And I and know it's not hard. You mentioned, I think we weren't recording. You said you you were you eat Chick-fil-A. I yes. love Chick-fil-A. And my wife loves Chick-fil-A. We have a Chick-fil-A like attached to our building. So one thing that sometimes I'll do is if I want to add protein to my salad, I'll go down to Chick-fil-A. And I'll get 12 grilled nuggets because they have these grilled nuggets, 200 calories, 40 grams of protein for 40 grams of protein, 200 calories and 40 grams. Like that is insane macros, just so you understand. And they're fucking delicious. I just put them on top of a salad my wife made. Boom. Done. Easy. Delicious. Since we're talking about Chick-fil-A, I'll tell you my little Chick-fil-A hack. If you'll get the grilled nuggets... Put the buffalo sauce yes. or two over it, and then I will measure out my cheese, blue cheese, and I put the blue cheese on there. And it's like a wing. It's like a, and then I get a little bowl of fruit. That's literally perfect. That's yep. amazing. I'm going to do that. That sounds fantastic. Yes. And I, I get the buffalo sauce every time. Yeah. And if you don't want to measure out your cheese, because not everyone likes to waste stuff, I get that. I'm a little used to it now. Then get the pickles. Dump those yeah. pickles on top. And But you also just said something. You're... You said it so nonchalantly. Yeah, it's not for everyone, but you know, I'm used to it now. It's like, yeah, you're you're used to it. It's like it doesn't. People are like, oh, do you really want to count calories forever? It's like personally, I don't count calories now, but I spent several years doing it, so I can look at a plate of food and know within fifty to one hundred calories exactly how many it is because of the practice, the time I put in. It's like if if you've never weighed or measured food before, have us get a scale, get one on Amazon for fifteen bucks. Yeah. And just practice it. Like, look at what, a, like, if you have cereal, weigh out what an, a portion of cereal looks like. Yeah. Get an idea. So you start to learn. If you've never weighed your peanut butter, weigh that out. If you've never weighed cheese, you don't have to bring the scale with you to the hospital or wherever you're working, but practice. Do it at your house. I mean, and a lot of people think, oh, this is disordered, disordered. It's like, when you're making a recipe, do you measure out how much you should be using? It's like, yeah. Well, why do you do that? Because you want to make sure you're using the right fucking amount. What's the difference when you're putting it into your body? You want to make sure you're eating the right amount. It's not, I don't understand why this is complicated or divisive. Well, I think, I think that's so helpful. If you can just start with the mindset, I'm going to have a salad. So if you're a nurse that works a 12 hour shift and you're like, all right, they typically work three days a week. They can pick up more if they're, you know, glutton for punishment or they want overtime you know, it happens. Just know, okay, when I go to lunch on these days, deter predetermined, I'm going to have a salad. Yes. And I'm either going to make it myself or I'm going to know ahead of time that my cafeteria, you know, offers it. And then I can either just bring my own dressing or just predetermine. And this is going to be, because I think a lot of people, I mean, nurses for sure, but me, you know, it's consistency. And yeah. I, I can at least be consistent this week or next week my three days, I'm going to eat a salad every day and I'm going to add, would you say two pieces of fruit and three yeah. bottles of water. And then I'm just going to see, I'm going to That's see it. How, how I feel. And, how and don't, don't check your weight and expect your weight to drop a pound every day or even every week. Like that's insane. It's sort of like, uh, if you, ha if you're in implementing a lifestyle intervention for someone to reduce their blood pressure, 
their blood pressure is not going to drop every single day or even the first. It's, it takes time for, for these changes to happen. So when you're, if you're going to weigh yourself, understand like your weight's going to fluctuate. It doesn't go down every day. Just because you hit your calories perfectly doesn't mean the scale is going to go down. It very well might go up. And especially if you're a woman, I don't care if you're, if you're in menopause or not, your weight will fluctuate even more because of your menstrual cycle. So like it's understand your weight fluctuates and it's okay. It's not a bad thing. It doesn't mean that you're not losing fat just because your weight fluctuated up one day. Keep going and stay consistent. Just like you, you tell your client, your patients to stay consistent with eating fruits and vegetables and walking and, and, and getting sleep and all this stuff. But then you're on the back end, like not doing that shit, like <laughs> practice what you preach as well. I know it's hard, but you got to do it. Yeah. Well, I loved your, I, I guess it was a few months ago, you did this little thing on Instagram where you were going to cut a few pounds yourself mm -hmm. and you weighed yourself and you put up the chart for everyone. And you're like, okay, today I'm going to, I've been doing well for the past couple of weeks, but I know a friend's coming into town and I'm going to enjoy myself. And I'm telling you now the scale's going to go up, watch it go up tomorrow. And then you got on the scale and you're like, ta-da, it went up just like I said it would. And then, you know, you keep watching and then you, you saw the chart where it would do this business and, yep. you know, it was a teaching tool is why you did it. Yes. So I just thought that was. Yeah. Right. The, a lot of people, I, I, the way I explain it is people don't speak scale language and the scale has its own language. Mm -hmm. And so I don't speak Chinese, but how stupid would it be if I heard someone speaking Chinese and then I got upset like they just offended me? Like, I don't know what the fuck they just said, but I all of a sudden get really mad. It's like, oh, what the fuck? Like, no, I don't even know what you said. It, that's what happens when you step on the scale and it spikes up and you freak out. Or that's also what happens when you step on the scale and it goes down and you celebrate. You don't know what you're looking at. You're celebrating for no reason. You're getting mad for no reason. You you have to learn how to speak the scale language. And you have to understand, for example, if you're, it's coming up to your period, you better know that the scale is going to spike up. Like, if you're a nurse, you should understand the physiology of why the scale might go up around that time of month. There's a lot of things happening that would make the scale go up far outside of simply fat gain and fat loss. Yeah. So you have to know the scale is going to go up. If you have a lot more sodium than normal one day, yeah, the scale is going to go up. If you have more carbs than usual one day, yeah, the scale is going to go up. If you haven't pooped yet that day, yeah, scale is going to go up. It's like it's uh, it's it's not rocket science, it, but people get very, very emotional when it comes to the scale. You have to do your best to take your emotion out of it in the same way that a lot of times you have to take your emotion out of it when you're doing your job. Like you can't let emotions impact logic. You can't let emotions get in the way of doing what you know is right in order to save a person's life. It's like right. stop letting emotions get in the way of your logic and look at the scale. And, and here's, here's the best way to use the scale. It's very simple. Weigh yourself every day but compare your weights month to month. So when I, if I'm working with a client, I will say, we're going to weigh every single day. But for the first 30 days, it's all data collection. You are not allowed to get mad at any weigh-ins during this first month because we're not comparing your weight in the first month. A lot of people, they weigh in on June 1st, and then they compare it on June 2nd. And they compare their weight on June 3rd to June 2nd, their weight on June 4th to June 3rd. It's like, what are you doing? This makes no sense. You weigh yourself June 1st and June 2nd and June 3rd, but you compare June 1 to July 1. Hmm. Compare July 1 to August 1. You compare August 1 to September 1. You compare June 2nd to July 2nd, July 2nd to August 2nd. So you look at it from a monthly perspective. And what's cool about this is maybe we'll say June 15th is about the time where you have your period. So cool, boom, weight spikes up on June 15th. 
Well, of course, June 15th is going to be higher than June 13th. That may, it's obvious. But what about June 15th to July 15th and July 15th to August 15th? You're seeing these spikes, but you're going to see the downward trend with these spikes. So you can see month over month, even though you're having these fluctuations, the trend is still going down if you're doing it properly. Well, I think it's back to that mindset of when you these feelings come up, she said to think of it, this is information. This isn't who you are. This isn't necessarily the truth. This is just a fleeting moment of how you're feeling. It's just information. And to kind of detach yourself from it. Yes, exactly. Same, wait, same thing with the scale. Look, this is just, this is information. Yep. We're going to input to a spreadsheet, calculator, an app, whatever. And then we'll reassess after this feeling is gone. that's all it is exactly this is just stuff if someone offends you stop don't she always she said don't get furious get curious oh i like that don't you like that i like that one a lot you're pissed at the scale okay but wait hold up why is it doing this did -hmm. you really eat like trash for the past week well then maybe okay maybe (laughs) that's valid and you can just get mad at yourself you hurt your own feelings or did you start your period? Did you lift yesterday? Did you eat carbs late last night? Did you, you know, all of the reasons yeah. that you listed? Have you been so. unbelievably stressed when your cortisol is high? So you're holding on to more water. It's like, and a lot of people ask, well, how will water impact the scale? Well, if you have an empty bucket and then you fill that bucket up with water, which yeah. one weighs more? It's like, it's, that's what's going on inside your body. If, wow, if that I, is a revolutionary. <laughs> if I have, if I, it's so funny. Like I'll, I'll do, I, I, every couple months I'll do this post on Instagram where I'll weigh myself. Then I'll chug a couple bottles of water and then step back on the scale. And I've gained several pounds and people are like, Oh my God, how did that happen? It's like, well, what weighs more an empty pail or a pail full of water? Same. I'll do the same thing in reverse where I'll be like, Hey, I'm going to step on the scale. I'm going to sit in the hot tub for 20 minutes and I'll lose two or three pounds. And people are like, Oh my God, how did that happen? Well, I'm, it's like a sponge, a full sponge, or you you wring the sponge out and now it's empty and it's weighs less. It's the body's the same fucking thing. It's how it works. It's so much of this is mental and it really boils out to being consistent. And despite despite the the mental struggles, being just staying consistent and knowing, hey, this is normal. This is how it works. Just got to keep going. Even if I feel like it's not working, just keep going. And that's why you need to find something sustainable that you can do for a long time because you just need to keep going no matter what. That's really all it is. Yeah. And that, that reminds me, you just did this reel this past week. I don't know when this is going to air. It's probably going to oh, be a couple of months where you, I think you went through all the diets, keto, intermittent fasting, and you're like, you know, do it because of this. But if you don't want to, you don't have to. <laughs> exactly. Just pick one. It's fine. They all work. It's just what works for you. Yeah, that's it. What can you sustain over the long term? That's really it. Well, Jordan, thank you so much for coming on. There's some great, I know you don't like the tips, but I'm telling you, there were some tips in here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, well, thank you for coming on and doing this. It's so nice to talk to you. Yeah, this is is why I love doing these. Like, it's just fun to connect with people and, and have conversations with people that you might not have met otherwise. And I appreciate you. I appreciate your service. I appreciate your candor. Um, like I, I just, I think you're great. If I can help with anything, please let me know. Don't ever hesitate to reach out. Awesome. Thank you so much, Erica. I appreciate you you. and I'll talk to you soon. All right.
All right. Take care. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Black Sheep Nurse podcast. If you want more, head on over to blacksheepnurse.com for show notes and resources from today's episode. You can also join our email list and the website and have the link to weekly notes delivered directly to your inbox. And if you're looking for more everyday fun and community, join us on Instagram at Black Sheep Nurse.